You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Amen. That's good singing this morning by the church and by Brother Hardy. Amen. A good song, good singing, but a good Savior. Amen. I thank the Lord uh, that we can come uh, this morning. You know, every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We're really looking forward to next Sunday, though. Amen. Uh, as, as, as even the world, the unsaved world, sets aside a day uh, where they recognize something happened. Amen. And uh, Christ rose from the grave, and, and we thank God for that. It's good to be with you this morning. I'm really glad that my wife is with me this morning. Amen. And uh, I think when I was here two weeks ago, she was about to go into surgery on that Tuesday. And, and I'm happy to report to you that they got it all. Amen. The, the cancer was contained to her uterus and the cancer is gone. Amen. Uh, no radiation, uh, no chemotherapy. She's cleared to go back to Africa with us. Amen. I couldn't go without her. Amen. And so we're cleared to go together and we just praise the Lord. I know that so many of you prayed. You reached out to us, uh, Gabby, uh, wherever Gabby is in the room, uh, she organized the meal train and all the rest of y'all got involved with that. I'd never even heard of a meal train, but anything that involves food, I like, amen. And, uh, and so I think 10 different families brought meals to us, man, uh, all out of the church here. That's not counting what folks at Falls International did. We feel like we've been very spoiled over the last two weeks and we just thank you for your love, for reaching out. Uh, for the text, the emails, and in general, uh, just for the, all the prayers that went up. God heard, and in this case, God chose to answer in the way that we asked him to. Amen. He doesn't always do that, but this time he did, and we just thank him for it. And thank you uh, again for your love. We're, we, we love Eastside. This is our home church, and we love our home church. Good to have each of you here. If you're visiting today, welcome to the services. Um, uh, for the Eastsiders, I'll say you're stuck with me all day, and I feel sorry for you. Amen. Uh, for the visitors, I suppose you could, you don't have to come back tonight, but we hope you do. Amen. And, uh, and then come back next Sunday and meet the real pastor here, uh, Pastor Jason Jett. We're missing seeing him this morning, but we're praying for him where he is. If you have your Bibles, let's open to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And I wanna, I'm going to focus on just verse 10, but I want to read verses 7 to verse 11 just to get a little bit of the context of verse 10 and again, we'll focus on just that one verse. The Bible says, if you want to stand while we read the word of God, I believe that's the cut. I'm not used to doing that, but I know that's what Pastor Jet does and Pastor Spencer did. And so we'll keep that going. Amen. First Peter chapter five, verse seven, the Bible said, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Be sober. That's a, that's a challenge right there. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But, and I love that conjunction right there, uh, he's going to give us a contrary truth to what he just said. The fact is that we have an adversary, and that adversary likes to bring afflictions, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. 
Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here this morning. Lord, it's always a privilege to be able to stand behind the pulpit and to be able to preach the word of God. And Lord, there's nothing uh, special about the preacher. There's nothing special about his personality. Uh, There's nothing special about uh, the, the man that you choose to use. What's special is what we're preaching and the word of God that we're preaching and the message that we have. And uh, Lord, we're just the pencil that you use uh, to write the letter here. Uh, We're just the mailman that you use to deliver the mail. And Lord, I pray you deliver it this morning. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would work in every heart, that we'd be open and receptive. Lord, there's people in here this morning that are suffering. There's people in here this morning that are hurting. And Lord, I pray that they would open their hearts and allow you to work in their heart, to be uh, tender towards you and towards the message of grace that we'll preach this morning. And Lord, for those that are here, maybe the few that have never experienced hurt, maybe some younger folks here that have never suffered. Lord, I pray that the words of this message, the words of this scripture would get embedded firmly in their heart and in their mind, uh, Lord God, that they, when the time comes, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and Lord, that they'll be prepared. And so Lord God, bless I pray today in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So as we study uh, uh, both first and second Peter, Uh, We learned that the primary theme of both of these epistles is is really a theme of suffering and glory, Uh, and and that that goes hand in hand. When we think of suffering, uh, we need in our minds to automatically think of glory. Uh, When God chooses to allow you uh, to go through suffering, you need in your mind to automatically learn to equate that with glory. Uh, Peter is going to teach us that no suffering here really results in no glory on the other side. And the little suffering here results in a little glory on the other side. And a lot of suffering here results in a lot of glory on the other side. And so the Apostle Peter here, he's addressing churches that were either started by the Apostle Paul or or by those whom Paul had trained to plant churches. And when Paul planted churches, he he automatically, it was just... in New Testament Christianity, it, things were presented so differently, I think, than they are today. But the Apostle Paul, when he started churches, the Bible would say, for example, I think it's Acts 14, 26. You can double check me on the reference. But, but the Bible said how that the Apostle Paul, on a second missionary journey, he goes back to the four places where he started four separate churches on that first journey. And the Bible said he confirmed the souls of the disciples and exhorting them how that through much tribulation they would enter the kingdom of God they were taught early on that suffering that tribulation that's part and parcel to the Christian life uh, he further taught them Romans eight eighteen, for example that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us and and and, and Paul understood this so well that Paul literally said over and again in the New Testament things like this, uh, he, uh, he, he would say, I take glory in infirmities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Amen. Uh, he said in Romans 5, we glory in tribulation. Most of us aren't, aren't thinking that way when tribulation comes. I can't wait for tribulation. I'm glory. But that's how he thought and that's how he taught those whom he won to Christ and discipled. And frankly, that Peter's writing to right now, 
This is what he taught them. And I think in 2021, wherever we are on the calendar, amen, I think that we need to understand that as well, that suffering is a part of the Christian experience. Suffering is a part of this life. And we need to learn to embrace suffering when God appoints us to it or when God allows us to go through it. We need to learn to embrace it rather than to fight it and to struggle. Now, the Apostle Paul, he has is, he is taught uh, these churches. I mean, he said, for example, in Philippians 3, how that he wanted to know Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings. That's what Paul said. That was one of his great desires, to know the fellowship of his sufferings. So he's taught that to these people. But now the Apostle Paul is dead. His head's been cut off, literally. Nero, the Roman emperor, is in the middle of a bloodthirsty quest for Roman Christians and any Christians he can get his hands on. And in fact, the persecution that Nero is bringing to the early church against these Christians was really the reason I believe this letter was written to these Christians. This, this letter is going to emphasize, the, I'm talking about the letter, the epistle of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, it's going to emphasize God's grace in the midst of suffering. And, and perseverance in spite of pain and looking to those things that are eternal, understanding that suffering here is only temporal. You know, as I was studying this week for this message, uh, I, I just real quick looked in First Peter at all the times the word suffer, suffering and suffered is, is used and 12 times we find that word in its forms uh, used in this epistle, 12 times. But then I looked up the words glory and glorified and I found they're used 13 times, amen? And, uh, and that's just, just a small illustration of the fact that where there is suffering, there's more glory. There, there's, you know, just as where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, where suffering abounds here, there's going to be much greater glory that abounds on the other side. There, we learn through this epistle that there's far more glory on the other side for, a far, for eternity compared to the amount of suffering that we go through on this earth. Now, he comes to verse number 10 then, and I want you to notice this. He says, but the God of all grace. And, and Rada, Rada, I, I want to introduce you to some, some concepts that are taught here this morning about the grace of God. And just because he's speaking of the God of all grace, and we're going to talk about that grace in just a minute. But, but I want to make it clear in this context, uh, we're, we're not necessarily referring, I don't believe Peter's necessarily referring, uh, in the context, he's, he's referring to all grace. So Anything that grace applies to would apply. But in the context and what he's speaking of, the grace of God that saves us from our sin is not necessarily the context here. And the grace of God that secures us in Christ is not necessarily the context here. And the grace of God that sanctifies us from our sin. Uh, Titus chapter number 2, uh, the grace of God that brings salvation teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. That's not necessarily the context here. What we're talking, we're not even talking about the grace of God that teaches us to live that godly and sober life in this present world. But what we're talking about is the divine influence of God that renews the heart while accomplishing its work of spiritual perfection in the life of the believer. I want you to understand that God, when he saved you, you became his child. God knows who you are. God has a plan for your life. God has a story for you. And that story is not always what we thought that story would be. His plan is not always what we had hoped and dreamed and desired 
that plan to be. But God's right and God's perfect. And God will use your story to bring him glory and to bring you glory in eternity future if you will submit to the suffering and submit to his plan and yield uh, to the will of God for your life that you're in at this time. The grace of God will make us perfect. And we may talk about that this morning. I don't know if I'll get that far in the message. Uh, the, the, the grace of God's designed to perfect us. If the captain of our, uh, the, uh, Hebrew says the captain of our suffering uh, was, uh, excuse me, the captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering. If he was made perfect through suffering, then you better believe, and he was already sinlessly perfect. But, but the Bible says the captain of our salvation, he was made perfect through suffering. You better believe God's going to let us go through some suffering to make us perfect. Amen. It's designed to perfect us. It's designed to complete us. It's designed to mature us. It's designed to establish us, to strengthen us, and to settle us in our faith. It is, absolutely. But let's talk about just two or three things this morning. We'll watch the time, and about quarter till I'll, I'll, I'll try to begin winding down. But let's talk first this morning about the process of suffering. Because when we read this verse, it says, The God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And then notice that next phrase, After that ye have suffered. And I don't like the next two words, a while. Brother, I don't like those words. I don't like the word suffering, amen. And I sure don't like suffering for a while. And you don't either because we're human. And if you say I like suffering, you're nuts, amen, all right? Uh, none, nobody likes pain. Pain is hard. Pain hurts. But pain's designed to help us, amen. God allows it. So I wanna, as, as we talk about the process of suffering, I wanna talk about the people involved. Because sometimes suffering comes to our house. Suffering knocks on our door. Suffering rings our doorbell. We're called, we're appointed to suffer in a certain way, a certain affliction, a certain trial that God appoints for us to go through. And we think, man, have I done something wrong? I mean, I mean, why am I going through this? I mean, why, you know, why did this come to my house? And I want you to understand the people involved in this process of suffering. Paul says after that ye, or Peter says after that ye, he's talking about you that are saved. Are, are you a part of the ye? You know, I don't, <laughs> brother, <laughs> I don't mind suffering near as much when it's they. Amen. I mean, I pray for you when you suffer, and Amen. I don't mind near as much when it's they, but when it's we, that starts to hurt. Amen. And I hurt, don't get me wrong, I hurt for other people. I'm just saying, it's a world of difference in hurting for somebody else and hurting for yourself, amen. It's a world of difference, all right? And so, so, so notice that, notice that. Uh, you know, as we talk about this process, uh, the word suffer, it means to feel or to bear that which is painful, disagreeable, or distressing. I don't like that. I don't like when things are disagreeable, distressing, and painful. And, 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 that, and that word means to feel or to bear in body, there's, there's a physical suffering or in mind, there's a mental or an emotional grief that we have to go through from time to time. We don't like that. Some of us walked in here this morning, some of us wheeled in here this morning, and we're suffering. I mean, I think as Charles Spurgeon that said, if you preach to people that are hurting, you'll never lack a congregation. Because people are always hurting. Uh, some of us this morning are in the midst of a process that's not enjoyable at all. If we could have chosen a different set of circumstances, we would have. We've prayed, Father, if it be possible, like our Lord prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass from us. But he didn't. He didn't answer in the way that we wanted. 
We're reminded of the words of Job where Job said, man, that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Sometimes we think we're fuller of trouble than others. Amen. Truth be known, there's people in the building listening right now. There's people watching right now. By the way, last week I got to watch. I sat home with Angie and uh, I, was, I was a stay-at-home Christian last Sunday, amen, with my wife and got to watch the services here. for the, I think it's the first time I've watched them live. I go back and watch them all the time, but to see them live it was pretty awesome, amen. It's still better being here in person, though. I just want to tell you that, amen. But some of us are suffering, some from physical afflictions. Are you listening? Some from emotional pain. There's people in here, if, if, if we could see suffering, we would see a lot of hurt in this room right now. We would. Some are suffering from verbal and physical abuse in this room right now. We're all dressed up with our suits and ties. You ladies got your dresses on. Everybody looks so nice. But truth be known, we're hurting on the inside, some of us. Some of us are suffering financial problems that no one else in this room knows about. But you and God or your family and God Some have problems in your home, maybe as a result of a decision to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Some are suffering the loss of loved ones. Right now, you're you're suffering. You're going through emotional pain. People say, well, you should get over it, but you haven't got over it, and you can't get over it. Some of you, you're just suffering. You're just hurting this morning. Listen, Christians aren't exempt from suffering and pain. We hurt like anyone else hurts in this world. We cry like anyone else cries in this world. We have feelings. People say, well, you get saved, you don't have feelings. No, we have feelings, amen. And pain still hurts and suffering still comes and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But I want you to notice not just the people involved, but notice the pain involved. And again, we look at those two words, that word suffered, to feel what is painful to the body or soul. And then those words, a while. You know, you know, you know some of us this morning, truth be known, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you're right now here and you have suffered, but you're not suffering presently. You're kind of enjoying the, the word after there, after that you have suffered a while. And others are here and, and, and you say, man, I'm not in the after. <laughs> I'm in the a while. <laughs> and it's been a long time and I can't seem to get over it. Some of you may be coming out of a storm. Some of you going into the storm. Some of you right in the middle of the storm and I can't get over it. And it hurts. Can I tell you, again, I've already said it, suffering hurts. There's nothing nice about the word suffer. There's nothing nice about the word pain. It hurts. And sometimes we think, is there going to be an end? I mean, uh, what's the end going to be? How long will it be before this trial that I'm going through is over? Let's move on quickly. We, we, We look at the process of suffering, but I want you to notice, and here's really what I want to focus on, the providence of suffering. Because I watched, watched the wording, he said, but the God of all grace. He's talking, the whole, the whole letter is talking about suffering that they're going through. But, but he's concluding this letter and he says, but the God, you're going through suffering, but. I, you know, you can be focused on the suffering and, 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 and whether it's satanic temptations that's talked about there in the previous verses, amen. The devil is a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The next verse talks about afflictions that are accomplished in your brethren. I mean, this whole, this whole book is dealing with suffering. But I want you to notice, he said after that you have suffered a while. Uh, and, and here's what I want you to notice. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto glory, after you've suffered for a while. God calls us to glory through the valley of suffering. I'm telling you, if you're here and you're suffering... You're in the will of God and you need to understand that and you need to accept that. 
You can fight it and become an angry, bitter Christian, or you can embrace it and become a better, joyful Christian. Amen. You can. You can. Now, once you, you, you say, Pastor Rubman, how? I don't understand how you embrace suffering. I mean, those words don't even make sense. How do you do something like that? I mean, God's allowed me, or in some cases, appointed me. You know, sometimes it's not that God appointed us to go through it necessarily. Some of our sufferings because of the results of decisions we made. Amen. And we got right with God. But now God's allowing us to continue to go through that to perfect us. Amen. Do you know, I don't think it matters near as much to God as it matters to people why we're going through our suffering. If I'm an emergency room doctor and I have a man that comes in and he has a gunshot to the head and I start treating him and someone comes in and says, I don't think you should be treating that man. And I say, why not? And they said, because he tried to take his own life. Do you think I'm going to treat him any differently than the man who somebody tried to kill? He's suffering. He's going to die. My responsibility is to keep him alive. Amen. Can I tell you? Whether it's something God appointed for you to go through or whether you're going through something now, it's, it's a bed of your own making. Can I tell you, the God of all grace is there for you this morning. Amen. He'll help you if you'll let him. If you'll embrace what you're going through. Amen. And understand it's the perfect will of God in Christ Jesus. He can perfect you. He can establish you. He can strengthen you. He can settle you. But you got to let him do his work. Amen. Quit fighting his work. Quit fighting his hand. Oh, listen. You say, how do, I, how, do I embrace, how do I embrace it? Well, watch this. Notice the all of grace. I, I like the wording, the God of all grace. Now, again, some of us probably think we're in the stall of grace. Like, you know, the, the car of grace came to my house, but it stalled out just before it got to my house. And I'm still going through the suffering, and I sure don't feel no grace. Man, I want the grace of God, and I'm not feeling the grace of God. I mean, it stalled before it got to me. Can I tell you, God hadn't forgotten about you. God's grace didn't break down on the way to your house. Amen. God's there for you. His grace is available for you. He's called the God of all grace. And, and I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen. The words there are suffered and a while. You say, well, I think, I think he's forgot about me. No, he didn't. He's allowing you or pointing you to go through it, and it's going to be a while. I just want to tell you that. It's going to be a while. Suffering many times is for a while because God has a purpose for it in my life and in your life. Now, I want you to listen. God's the God of all grace. I love that little word. Brother Hardy, that's a little word, but that's a big word. Amen. All, amen, all grace. Listen, he has every kind of grace imaginable. Absolutely. He has grace for your situation this morning. If you're here not saved, he has grace for your salvation. All you gotta do is ask and he'll save you, amen. You say it can't be that easy. Talk to me after the service, amen. I'll show you just how easy it is to get saved, amen. Listen, he has grace to cover your sin. If you've sinned, if you've messed up, you say, well, I'm suffering because of my sin. Come down here and get the grace of God that's available for you. It's available for you this morning. He has grace to provide salvation. He has grace to keep you secure in Christ. He has grace that's sufficient for your circumstance right now. You say, now, you know, I know he can save sinners, and I know he can secure sinners, and I know he can sanctify Christians, but I'm talking about this is my trial, and I just don't think he has enough grace. He's the God of all grace. He has grace for your situation, friend. He does. Some of you right now, and I'll just give some illustrations I couldn't cover all the suffering that's here. There's a lot of suffering in the world. But some of you right now, you're being persecuted for the stand that you've taken for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
There's some in this room who've lost promotion. There's some in this room who've taken pay cuts. There's some in this room who missed out on job opportunities because of your faith and your convictions in the word of God. Some of you are talked about on the job. Some of you are laughed at. Some of you are scorned. It's not because of who you are. It's because of who you represent. Can I tell you that there's grace for you this morning? Some of you here, and it's a whole different circumstance. You may be here and your spouse has cheated on you. And, and your spouse walked out on you. And this wasn't your plan for your life. Man, you got married. You were in love. Man, we're going to have a family. We're going to have a Christian home. If I, if I had a dollar every time I talked to a Christian who, who married in the will of God, or so they thought, and now their home is in shambles, I'd be a rich man right now. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that homes aren't attacked. and In some cases, they're attacked more. But listen to what I'm saying. You say, well, I never thought my life would go this way. I never thought my home would be a wreck. I never thought that this would be my story. But it is. And the God of all grace is offering you grace this morning. There's grace for you. You say, but pastor, it hurts so bad on the inside. That's why he said after that you have suffered a while. It does hurt. It does hurt. Listen, his grace is sufficient. Some of you here this morning, you've got children that you, you said, man, I'm going to follow the book of Proverbs. I'm going to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. And you did the best you could with the knowledge you had to raise kids to serve God. God saved you out of a sinful home, out of a sinful lifestyle. And you began to try to teach and train your kids. And your kids just don't seem to grab a hold of it. They don't seem to appreciate it. And frankly, some of your kids have walked out. Amen. And they're, and, and they're talking about you. And they're saying things about you. Amen. I'm just telling you the way a lot of Christian homes are and you say it shouldn't be that way but it is and that's where you are can I tell you God has grace for you this morning amen. quit fighting it quit getting angry every time you see your kids amen Just embrace embrace this is the will of God and allow God to accomplish his purpose in their lives and your life at the same time you say pastor up and you don't know my situation and you are exactly right I don't know your situation but the God of all grace does he hadn't forgotten about you, friends. You marked that down. He hadn't forgotten about you. Some of you, you've been laid off. You don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. Some of you got a demotion instead of a promotion. Some of you can't find a job. Some of, I'm telling you, a church this size, there's, there, there could be people here and right in our midst this morning, you don't even know where your next meal's gonna come from, much less your next house payment. But can I tell you, God Almighty in heaven has not forgotten about you down here on earth. He's the God of all grace, amen. Embrace grace, amen. Listen, some of you got diagnosed with a disease that's beyond your control and you don't know what you're gonna do. I want you to listen to me. And, and, and God answered, How I thank this church for praying. Pastor Jack came over, Angie got diagnosed with cancer. We were not, we were getting ready to go back to Africa. That's not what we were expecting. Pastor come over, Rosalind was there. Several folks from the church was there. Some folks from our church was there over Falls International and, and prayed and anointed my wife with oil, amen, because my wife requested it, amen. Come over and prayed and anointed with oil. God saw fit to answer in the way that we asked, Brother Everett, Amen. Praise God for it. He, he saw fit to answer, but he doesn't always see fit to answer in that fashion. 
And you say, well, I've got, a, I've got a physical affliction and this is how I saw my life going and this is where I saw my golden years being and this is what my life was gonna be all about and I was so, but now look, everything's falling apart. Some of you lost loved ones, some of you lost spouses, some of you lost children and you say, this was not my plan. No, it wasn't, but it was God's plan. And God has all grace that's sufficient for you. That all grace, that means every situation you're going through. And that means the longevity of every situation you're going through. He's got enough grace for every situation and he's got enough grace to outlast every situation. Hang on to his grace, cling to his grace. It'll outlast your suffering. Just hang on, friend, hang on. Understand he's there for you. Some of you lost, I'm telling you. We've been that close to losing a child, but we've never lost a child outside of miscarriages before they were born. Some of you come in here this morning, I think of the words of that song, I've had treasures, hopes, and dreams. I've even held them in my hands, but I never knew they could slip right through like they were only grains of sand. And that's how some of you are viewing what your hopes and dreams were once upon a time. Can I tell you, get your focus back on the God of all grace and on the grace of God. You, you keep your focus on your suffering and you're going to get into a downward spiral. You're going to get into a, a hole of no hope. Get your eyes back up on the Savior, back up on the God of all grace who's saying this morning, I have grace to help in your time of need. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted. He was tried like as, like as us. And he said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Can I tell you, God's holding grace out for you this morning. You could accept his grace and allow him to get you through that veil of suffering to the other side, that glory that's going to be revealed in us. You think of the third verse of amazing grace. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. What brought me safe thus far? Grace. The grace of God. The God of all grace. Friend, if you keep, hey, it's going to get you home. Whether you're looking at it or not, it's still going to get you home. Amen. But focus back on that grace again. Look here. There's that all of grace. Some of you think you're in the stall of grace. But watch this right here. Notice, notice the call of grace. Because this is really where I want to focus this morning. This, this is it right here. The Bible said the God of all grace after, excuse me, but the God of all grace who hath called us, watch that, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Notice, notice the call of grace. The God of all grace hath called us. I'll use Brother Kenan. Do you mind if I use you for illustration? All right. So there, so there he is. He's a sinner, isn't he? Um, but God saved him by his wonderful grace and God has sanctified him. God's kept him saved. He secured him in Christ. But, and, and listen, heaven, heaven, for those of you that are not saved, maybe you think like this, heaven is a reward. It's not. Heaven is a gift. You accept the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But there are rewards, Brother Juan, in heaven. There are rewards that we're striving to get. Amen. I mean, I like to have some rewards to cast at the feet of Christ. Amen. Amen. So God said, here's what I'm going to do. Here I am. I'm up here in heaven. This is heaven. This is glory. Man, I'm telling you. Uh, man, what, what a, I've never seen it, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's a pretty awesome place. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I just am, amen. I mean, there it is. Hey, uh, when the roll is called up yonder, brother, I'll be there, amen. And, and, and we're, headed, we're headed from grace to glory. But listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen, listen. 
God gives us the opportunity in this, this short span on this earth that we call life. For some, it's shorter than others, but for eternity, it doesn't even matter. A million years from now, whether you live to be 80 or whether you live to be 40, really is not going to matter to you. I can promise you that. Amen. And so there's Kena, the sinner, and he's saved. He's saved. If you hear not saved, what I'm about to preach, get saved first, then you'll understand what I'm about to preach, all right? But there he is. He's, he's down here on planet Earth. He's saved. He's going to heaven. That's a gift from God. But God wants Kena to have glory on the other side. God wants Kena. Here, look, watch the wording. Romans 8, 18. For I reckon, that's not a southern word, by the way. That's just a Bible <laughs> word before the south even came along. Amen. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. We're going to compare that suffering now. It's not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. What's the next two words? In us. There is glory that is going to be revealed in the life of the Christian in eternity future. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that one star differs from another in glory. Daniel chapter number 12 talks about how that some are going to shine as the brightness of the firmament. So you say, what does all that mean? I don't know what all it means, but I know I'm looking forward to it. Amen. In fact, real quickly, before I finish the illustration, watch this. Go back to Romans 8 because I want you to read the last half of verse 17. It illustrates the truth that I'm trying to make here this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 17, the last half of it. Watch it. Let's just read the whole verse. And of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. But now watch this. If, there's an if, that's conditional. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Heaven is a gift. Glorification comes as a result of the suffering process. Amen. No suffering, no glory. Little suffering, little glory. Much suffering, much glory on the other side. Some of you are like, man, you don't know how much I'm suffering. Can I tell you? You're my hero. You have no idea how much glory that's going to be revealed in you on the other side. You don't have to get your head cut off for Jesus somewhere in the Middle East for you stand for Christ to get glory on the other side. You live as a faithful Christian and allow God to do his work in your life. Allow God to finish your story, amen. Accept and embrace the grace of God. There's glory on the other side in direct proportion to the suffering that you went through on this side, amen. So there's Brother Kena, all right? I am not God. I'm just using this. For, and he is not a dirty, rotten sinner. He's been saved, so he is now a saved sinner, amen, all right? Just as I am and just as you are, Amen. Start popping your suspenders and saying, yeah, he couldn't use me because I'm not a sinner. Amen. <laughs> Just go ahead. Raise your hand. I'll use you. Amen. All right. there, there's, there, there's our brother. Amen. Now, I want him to have glory here. Say, man, I love that guy. Man, I died for that guy. I shed my blood for that guy. I gave my life for that sinner. He's special to me. And I want him to have a lot of glory in eternity. He's got 60, 70 years down there on earth. But man, that's going to, man, the older you get, the faster it goes. Well, just wait to get in eternity. Amen. you imagine one day we're going to say 1,500,652,763 years ago we were on the earth? <laughs> Think about that. I mean, that's long. You say my suffering's long. It's, it's because you've been here. But on that side, it, it's, I'm telling you, Paul calls it light affliction compared to an exceeding weight of eternal glory. Amen. So I want him to have the maximum amount of glory that I created for him. So I say, Kena, I want you to come. Watch this. I want you to come to me. I'm calling. Hey, Kena, you, you know why I call somebody? I call to him because he's there and I'm here. I'm, I'm, 
I'm here because I'm not all there. Amen. You figured, you figured that out by now, haven't you? Amen. But here I am. So I'm going to call to him and say, I want you to come to me. The God of grace who hath called us unto what? He's called us unto glory. That just doesn't mean he's called us to heaven. That means he's calling us to glory. He wants us to be glorified together in him and with him. And his glory to be revealed in us and through us in eternity. So to get there, he has to go through suffering. He has to. There's no other way around it. If the captain of our salvation had to go through suffering, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not right to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And I'm going to tell you, there's no way you can look at the cross where it didn't involve suffering. Go home and try to get blood out of your body. There's no way to get blood out of your body without it hurting. I don't care if you've got diabetes and you just prick your finger. It hurts. It hurt when they crucified the Son of God. But he had to go through that suffering. Can I tell you how much suffering he went through? The Bible says right here in the same epistle we're reading, 1 Peter chapter 2, I think it's verse number 21, how that, how that he suffered. Christ suffered. And we've been called to follow his steps. We just, we want to go from, I'm saved by grace, I'm in heaven tomorrow. God said, no, 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 no. You got heaven, you're saved. But I want to give you glory. And I'm going to appoint you. Paul told, I believe it was the Philippians, I got it here, either the Philippians or the Thessalonians. Thessalonians. He, he said, God hath appointed you to suffering. That's the wording Paul used. We've been appointed to suffer. So there you are, and here I am. And man, and the, man, you guys only know my cross on that side, but I want you to see my glory. Not just see my glory, I want you to experience my glory. So I say, hey, hey, Kena, I'm calling you to my glory. I've saved you, and I want to call you. And, and he raises his hand. Raise your hand, brother. Stand up. I want to come to you, Lord. I want to come to you. That's wonderful, Kena. Then I want you to follow my steps. Well, I love to follow your steps, Lord. Man, you had a, man, you had a mountaintop ministry. I mean, Lord, you took bread and fed 5,000 people. Lord, you walked over and healed people. Lord, you walked over and raised people from the dead. Man, that's the kind of ministry I want. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm glad to hear that, Kena. I'm glad that you want that kind of a ministry. But I want you to know that's not all I did. Isaiah 53 said about the Son of God, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's that emotional suffering. Kena, if you're going to get to where I am from where you are, you get to follow the mountaintop, but you're going to have to go through the valley of suffering at some point. You're going to. You're going to have to, you're just going to have to step out and follow in my steps. And, and Kena, I was a man of sorrows, and there's going to be sorrows that come to your house. And I was acquainted with grief. That went with me everywhere I went. And it's going to come to your house, friend, because you're following in my steps. There's no resurrection that we celebrate next Sunday. There's no glory on the other side of a resurrection without first suffering and death. You can't have a resurrection without death, and you can't have glory without suffering. Kena, man, I want you to be glorified on this side with me for all eternity. But first, I'm going to ask you to follow my steps. Now, Kena, at this point, as a child of God, can say, I'm going to fight it, or I'm going to embrace it. And the Christian that fights it, here's, here, can I just tell you what happened in a nutshell? You become angry. You become bitter. This wasn't the way I went in my life, my marriage, my home, my health, my wealth. This wasn't what I was planning for. But it's what God planned all along. It is. And he says, man, I pointed you to it because, because I want to get you to glory. You can't follow me without taking up a cross. It's impossible. If 
any man will follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake in the gospel, the same shall save it. You've got to walk through and follow his steps. Sometimes it's mountaintop. Woohoo! Glory to God! Sometimes it's down in the valley and you're crying so bad you don't want anybody to be around you because you're afraid you'll break out crying all over again. And it hurts. And you say, why me, Lord? But can I tell you, if you ever get focused on the glory and get the full truth of that, you'll be saying, why not me, Lord? I'm telling you. It's your story. It's what God's called you to do. The same Jesus that arose triumphantly from the grave on a Sunday morning 2,000 years ago, four days before that, he walked into a place of suffering. He came through Gethsemane. You can't have the glory without Gethsemane. You can't have the crown without a cross. I want to get you there. But you've got to be willing to accept my grace because it's going to take my grace to get you from where you are to where I am. And you can fight it and have a miserable life, friend, and you still get heaven for eternity. Or you can embrace it and have joy in the midst of tears <laughs> and have glory that's revealed in you for eternity. Choice is yours. Which way do you want it? You can be seated, brother. Amen. I, I don't know about you, and I sure ain't asking to suffer. And you're not asking to suffer. But if it's the will of God, I want to embrace it. Amen. I want to glory in it. I want to understand that when I'm weak, God's strong. And God's glorified through my suffering. And I'm getting to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. And one day, I'm going to get glory on the other side. God's purposes will be accomplished in my life. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. First Thessalonians 3, I left my notes and I'm about to close up anyhow. But First Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse 3 and 4, Paul said that no man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass and ye know. All I'm saying this morning is that if you're suffering, you need to understand that it's your God-given story. You say, well, this is not the story I wanted, but it's the story he chose. Accept it. Embrace it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I, I've got a lot more here on the notes, but I, I'm just going to be done. I, I'd ask for some musicians to come. And I want to just invite you. You know, there's Kena, and I'm up here talking about the platform representing heaven and the glory of God. And there he is down there in the pew on earth, right? And to get to here, he's got to pass through that altar of sacrifice. He's got to pass through that veil of suffering. Can I tell you, some of you, this isn't heaven up here, and that's not earth down there. We're all in the same building. But right with the illustration I was using for him to pass through, there's an altar here. And can I tell you, the God of all grace that's here for you this morning in this church with his hand outstretched to you, do you know what he said? And I quoted the verse earlier, but I want to quote him again. He said, for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, He's touched because where you are is where he's been. He's walked on this veil of earth. Amen. And he says, he invites you. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why are we coming to the throne of grace? That's the prayer room. Why are we coming to the throne of grace? Because the God of all grace wants to give us grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Why are we coming to the throne of grace? To obtain mercy and get grace to help. The glory is on the other side. Your suffering is on this side. You and I cannot do it alone. We need the grace of God. And I'm just simply saying, they're going to begin playing. If God's dealt with your heart, if you need some grace, would you come down to this altar?
We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.